I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Oh, you're trying to revoke my membership from the range? Well, who cares? It's high noon for Thursday, February 4th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. Just a heads up. I am going to be moving to a different studio. And in the time that that is taking place, I might have to do some, you know, the, the AirPod podcast. So it might sound a little weird. And I might be a little off on timing for the next few days, possibly up to the next two weeks. But I will make sure to get the episodes out. I might substitute some weekend episodes for some weekday episodes. However it works, I don't know. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I'm out there on the mechanical bull. I'm ready. To ride. But the normal routine might be a little off. That's all I'm saying. So bear with me. Now. It is the 15th full day. Of Barack Obama's third term. As served by. The half dead. Demented. Degenerate. Ventriloquist dummy. Fake proxy president. Joe Biden. Who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party that right now has two million Muslim Uyghurs in concentration camps. Joe Biden, who is the patriarch of one of the country's worst and most corrupt families and the father of one of the most despicable human beings to ever exist. And he's more than happy to sell out American interests to corporations and foreign adversaries. So, this buds for you, America! Congratulations, everybody. I hope when we're all smashing together Budweiser cans this weekend, watching the Super Bowl with our masks on, that we remember to give one great big cheer, one salud, or salute, or slancha to our fellow Americans who did the hard work of saving us from a president who actually cares about America. Thank you, commies. You did it. Now, I'm following up once again on the story of the week. AOC, just a bubbling well of hilarity. Last night, she got upset at the fact that on Twitter, 
the number one trending topic or trending hashtag, I should say, was Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett or Smoulier, as the great Dave Chappelle would say. Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett. She might even get extra intersectional points for that. I mean, Ocasio and Cortez are both toward her Hispanic background. But if she could introduce a smoulier in there, she would get the French thing. I feel like that's better, right? Isn't that more intersectional? Or is that less intersectional because all French people are thought to be white by the woke communists, even though... French people are not all white. But as I said the other day, she got herself into this mess by responding in the first place. She never should have responded to Jack Posobiec. Jack Posobiec is 100% right, and he's great at his job, and I enjoy the hell out of him. But she shouldn't have responded. I'm not saying because... His social media following is not big enough or anything like that. I'm saying that she got herself into a battle that she was certain to lose. And she's certain to lose because she's so obviously lying and so obviously destroying her brand with her dishonesty and insincerity. And it matters. She screwed herself. And it's very funny. So. She made it worse by sending out a, a little message to her supporters. And of course, Jack Posobiec got the letter and let all of us see it. So here it is. As we speak, right-wing operatives with millions of followers on social media are spreading flat-out lies and misleading information about Alexandria. But with your help, we can force Twitter and Facebook to take action and enforce their own rules. What's so frustrating about these attacks is that once the truth comes out, so few people get to hear it. Hundreds of thousands or potentially millions of people will have already seen or shared the misleading tweets or fake news articles. We need your help, Kami. They crossed out the the name of this so that it couldn't be traced back. But since they're emailing commies, I'm just going to say commie. We need your help, commie. Here's what you can do to help us combat this campaign of disinformation and others in the future. Scan your social media to find posts with this misleading information, especially those using the trending hashtag. Don't tweet any hashtags yourself because we don't want to spread them further. Number two. Identify any posts that are threatening or harassing and use the built-in report features to flag them for moderators. Facebook and Twitter both have built-in tools for reporting posts and tweets that break the rules. The sad thing is that a lot of damage has already been done. People have already been misled and radicalized. They believe the lies to a point where their hatred could someday boil over into violence. This is exactly what led to thousands of enraged rioters storming the Capitol building on July 6th. But we can do something about it. We can help set the record straight when people spread falsehoods. We can keep calling out the photoshopped tweets 
fake news articles, and misleading posts when we see them. So, if you can, help us scan social media tonight and report those spreading this disinformation campaign. Thank you for all you do. Signed, Team AOC. Now, like much of what the commies put out these days, this thing is absolutely bizarro, batshit, backwards world kind of stuff. Let's go through it. First off, right-wing operatives. Nope. I mean, if Jack Posobiec, someone who works at One American News, is a right-wing operative, then literally everyone else on the news, on MSNBC, on CNN, and most of the people at Fox are all left-wing operatives. So if that's the standard now, I'll work with it. Happy to. Happy to oblige. I'll help Team AOC in whatever way I can. So if Jack Posobiec is a right-wing operative, then literally everyone else in the media, in the mainstream media, is a left-wing operative. Everybody at The Atlantic, left-wing operative. Daily Beast, left-wing operative. The Communist Huffington Post and all of those other sites, left-wing operatives. And even the word operative itself, without right-wing or left-wing, is a crazy term to use. John Sullivan, the Black Lives Matter Antifa, quote-unquote, organizer, who led the storming of the Capitol on January 6th, despite what the media says, is an operative. In fact, he does videos about how to commit crimes during protests without being detected. And yes, there is real video. You can watch it with your own eyes. He even was tweeting about the January 6th event. Or this is Instagram, actually. He wrote, time to kick this fascist out of D.C. on January 6th, 2020. Well, that was the wrong year, bud. Trump is not our president. Dump him for good. Location, Washington Monument, 11 a.m. Visit www.insurgentsusa.com for more information. That sounds like an operative. But how come their operatives are all called activists and then they can do whatever they want, like burn down cities, kill people, beat people, attack police officers, throw water balloons filled with shit at them, burn their eyes with lasers, and throw water bottles filled with concrete at them. How come they get to do that? How come they get to knock down monuments, deface public property, burn down churches, and nothing happens? They're called very peaceful protests by the media. And so she says that these operatives, or her team says, I bet she just wrote this in third person. She said they're spreading flat out lies and misleading information about Alexandria. Well, that's not true. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the one spreading flat out lies and misleading information. She pretended that she was nearly murdered in the office building when she was really actually just over there 
and the police were trying to find her to escort her to safety as if she wasn't already in safety. And what's so frustrating about these attacks? She, they say, once the truth comes out, so few people get to hear it. Hundreds of thousands or potentially millions. Yeah, you've got 12 million followers, AOC, on Twitter and like a zillion other ones around the Internet. You're the one who put out the video. You didn't have to lie. No one forced you to do that. It's not like you were captured by terrorists and they were making you record a hostage video. You made it up. You're the one who put out the false information that hundreds of thousands or millions of people were going to see. And the solution is to make the social media sites, quote unquote, follow their own rules. The rules they made capriciously, just whatever works for their agenda. That's what the rules are. The rules are not consistent, not intelligent. They're not anything. They're just rules in favor of the commie perspective. And that's what it has been for years. In fact, you might argue that's what it's been for the entire time, just based on the technology that they're using and where it was initially developed. But it's incredible that she actually like she didn't use the hashtag. She didn't refer to it directly in the letter. She only kind of mentioned that there was a hashtag because, of course, she didn't want to repeat it herself. But she's asking people, like, please stop sharing the Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett hashtag. That's hysterical. Again, asking people on the internet not to do something when you're the one in the wrong, you're the one lying, you're the one trying to play to people's sense of sympathy for victims, which, by the way, I thought it was bad when people make false accusations of victimhood because then it makes it less likely that people will believe real victims. Isn't that the story? I feel like I've heard that before from these communists. That's like one of their main things. Except when someone they like makes a false accusation and then it doesn't matter. Or when someone they don't like, like Tara Reid, not the actress, makes a real accusation that they want to call false, then it also doesn't matter. They're very consistent like that. The sad thing is that a lot of damage has already been done. Yeah. Damage to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's reputation and brand as someone who's out for the people and who tells it as it is. That's the damage that's been done. She did that. Is everybody just supposed to allow Democrat politicians who tow the woke line to say whatever they want with no pushback when they're lying? Is that where we're trying to go right now? And it seems we might be because now... There are calls for a 
reality commission in the media, a ministry of truth, if you happen to like Orwell. Because the most dangerous thing they say is disinformation. And just a word about the people they think are so influenced by this disinformation. I interact with these people quite a lot. And it seems to me like whenever these people are proven wrong about something or that their theory didn't work out or that they were misled by a post, as soon as someone legitimately proves them wrong, they're like, oh, damn, okay, all right. And they move on. That's what normal people do when they're wrong about something. And everybody is wrong about things sometimes. Why doesn't the media ever try that approach? Why not, for instance, prove that they're wrong? Wouldn't want to do that because then we'd have to talk about things like voter fraud and election fraud. And unfortunately, they can't prove that that's wrong. And before I change subjects with or without a good segue, it's worth noting that AOC's response to continually being called out as a liar is to try to get her supporters to narc on their fellow Americans on social media. Can't handle the problems ourselves. We need to get dad involved. Oh, when your father gets home from work, oh boy, you're going to be in trouble. I can't believe you called her smoulier. That just cannot stand. But then again, we're talking about a bunch of people who are funded by George Soros. And that is actually part of his backstory, that he went and ratted out people to the Nazis. That's who that man is. And there's video of him talking about it that I've played on this podcast before. People always think that that's just not true. It's, an, it's anti-Semitic to talk about George Soros. Not fucking isn't. You don't get to play that card for the guy that went around pointing out where the Jews are so that the Nazis could take them away. Sorry. But speaking of narking on your fellow Americans, the Democrats in the House have voted unanimously with the Republican caucus unanimously opposed to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committees. So now she just gets to go on the floor and vote occasionally. She doesn't get to do the work that she was sent to Washington by her constituents to do. And why? Well, because of former tweets that she made before she was in Congress. This is a silencing technique, obviously. It's terrible for Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I feel bad for her. But of course, this is the world we live in now. 
And this is what communists do. Commies going to commie. But it's a terrible precedent. If you're in the majority, you can basically vote the other party off of their committee assignments whenever you want for any reason. And the reason is just that they don't like her. Why don't they like her? Because she says all the things that are true that you're not allowed to say inside the beltway or now inside the military green zone in Washington, D.C. I really don't think that the people listening to the central narrative, the party of false decorum, those people, I don't think they have any idea that Washington, D.C. has been turned into like a military state. You know, like happens in dictatorships. They seize power illegitimately and then protect that power with the military against their own people. And that's exactly what's happening here. We don't need to pretend it's something else. I mean, we can hope that what they're doing is controlling that area for the good of the country and not just protecting a totally illegitimate government. But right now, there's not enough support for that point of view to think that that is for sure the case. So we can go with what we know and what we know right now is that Washington, D.C. is completely surrounded by a fence, a.k.a. a wall, with razor wire on top of it, with thousands and thousands of armed American troops guarding the Capitol. I guess against the mass number of white supremacist rioters who really care very much about getting in there. They keep trying. I mean, by trying, I mean, they've literally attempted it zero times, but in their hearts and minds, they're trying. Or they could probably go and find social media posts somewhere that make it seem like they're trying, and that's enough, really. It doesn't matter that Maxine Waters literally tells people to get up in the face of Trump's cabinet. doesn't matter that she now wants Trump to be tried for, I don't know, conspiracy to commit murder, attempted murder. She is one of the dumbest people on the planet. And it is a shame that our society has to pretend that she is not really dumb and really corrupt simply because she's black. And that is what's happening. We don't have to lie about that. It's ridiculous. Also ridiculous, Jen Psaki said today that even if you're vaccinated, social distancing and wearing a mask will be essential. I mean, is that the science now? If that's the science, then vaccines don't work. And we know that masks don't work. So after more than a year of this, of the coronavirus being around in the world, all of our choices on how to fix this problem are things that provably 
objectively do not work. Masks don't work. Lockdowns don't work. And apparently now the vaccine doesn't work. I mean, it does work in terms of accidentally killing people or giving them Bell's palsy. But if the vaccine doesn't protect you from getting or spreading the coronavirus, why the hell would anyone take it? I mean, I don't understand why anyone would take it to begin with, but honestly, why the hell would anyone take it? So over a year later, the main three things that we've been told we have to do, lockdowns and social distancing, masks and the vaccine, none of those are effective, apparently, in getting us back to normal life. So then why are we doing them? And why are we doing them for a disease that can only kill? One or two out of every thousand people, almost all of whom are old and have multiple comorbidities. Many of them are already in long-term care homes or hospice. This just simply is not a disease that has the potential to inflict mass damage on our society, the members of our society who are out there going to work, feeding their kids, the kids going to school, making the economy function. The death rate for people under 65 is almost zero. And that's even with the miscounted deaths the misdiagnosed cases, the probable COVID, the COVID deaths that happened from a motorcycle accident while having COVID. Even with that, the death rate is that low. We know their solutions don't work. They've basically stopped talking about contact tracing completely, which, I mean, is good. Not that I trust them to do that forever. But now the tracing they want to do is vaccine tracing, and they want to force everybody to get the vaccine. Anthony Fauci actually said that the key to herd immunity is children being vaccinated. Children who virtually don't get the disease at all, don't spread the disease at all, and don't die from the disease at all. But those are the people that we need to vaccinate. And why? Well, because he figures that parents will just go get their kids vaccinated so that they can go back to school, so the parents can go back to work, so that everybody can go back to their normal lives. Oh, well, you have to, you have, to have a vaccine to play on the Little League team. Sorry. All right, we'll get the vaccine. The government is forcing, or plans to force, parents to have to make the decision to get their children vaccinated with a vaccine that they say doesn't really work and that we know is virtually untested technology. And they have to do that just so that their kids can have a normal life or as close to normal as you can get at this point because we've already taken an entire generation of young people and destroyed their futures. But that's not a big deal because journalists at least got to stay home. Now, cheers to Wisconsin, you lucky bastards. 
the Republicans in the state assembly have overridden the governor's emergency order negating his mask mandates. So congratulations, Wisconsin. You are at the cutting edge of being normal, functioning humans. I applaud that. I don't applaud Gavin Newsom. I do applaud the fact that we're now only about 100,000 signatures away from Gavin being recalled. And Democrats in the state and elsewhere are starting to freak out. I saw a clip of, uh, of Bill Maher the other night talking to Van Jones, I believe. I heard it on audio, so... I think I know Van Jones's voice well enough to say that that was Van Jones. Not going to bother checking. Don't really care. But they were talking about how Gavin Newsom should not be recalled because he's very smart and very good at his job, even though he's very bad at his job. And Bill Maher said, yeah, you know, I have my qualms with how he handled COVID. Oh, really? That's all. I mean, first of all, that's about as big an issue as a governor could ever face, particularly when you go out of your way to be among the strictest states in the nation in terms of the response, even though it is entirely unwarranted. And of course, it produced the terrible results one would expect from an absolutely terrible policy. But no matter. He was bad at COVID, but hey, besides that, he's great. Well, great at what? Great at doing what the teachers unions want? Great at destroying a generation of children who can't go to school? Great at making sure that the pensions they pay out to state workers will be unfunded in the future? And that those pension payments, of course, are payments for down the road. That's what pensions are. You get paid later so we can pay you less now. Now, for a lot of people, they feel like that makes sense. You know, it kind of gives them this comfortable retirement in the future. People make a commitment to their work and they do that until they retire and then they have their pension. And for some people, that definitely does make sense. But we don't have to lie about what that is. It is a ploy by which the government can keep their budgets in the present much lower than they actually are for the future. Because the pension payouts need to keep going out and out and out for as long as the person lives after they've retired, in most cases. How many workers do we have in California right now receiving pensions and not working? Again, I'm not taking anything away from those people. They worked for those pensions as part of their deal. They deserve them. But for state policy, that's a terrible, terrible idea. And the state is already in an extraordinary amount of debt and was before Gavin and other Democrat governors took the steps to ensure that the economic situation would be Entirely unmanageable, especially as the wealthy class moves out of the state completely. I can't think of one good thing that Gavin Newsom has done. And of course, no one in California cares because Gavin's a Democrat. 
He's kind of got this suave, cool thing that people like. He talks to celebrities. He's friends with the Gettys. And really, what else matters? Honesty? No. Competence? No. Lack of corruption? That doesn't matter in California at all. But hey, as long as Bill Maher likes him, he's very reasonable about this, apparently. Now, speaking of California, average segue. Donald Trump today replied in a letter to the woman who leads SAG-AFTRA, the radio and television union, because they were talking about revoking his membership. And he writes, Miss Carteris, I write to you today regarding the so-called disciplinary committee hearing aimed at revoking my union membership. Who cares? While I'm not familiar with your work, I'm very proud of my work on movies such as Home Alone 2, Zoolander, and Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, and television shows including The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Saturday Night Live, and of course, one of the most successful shows in television history, The Apprentice, just to name a few. I've also greatly helped the cable news television business, parentheses, said to be a dying platform, with not much time left until I got involved in politics, and's created thousands of jobs at networks such as MSDNC and Fake News CNN, among many others. Which brings me to your blatant attempt at free media attention to distract from your dismal record as a union. Your organization has done little for its members and nothing for me, besides collecting dues and promoting dangerous, un-American policies and ideas. As evident, by your massive unemployment rates and lawsuits from celebrated actors who even recorded a video asking, quote, why isn't the union fighting for me? These, however, are policy failures. Your disciplinary failures are even more egregious. I no longer wish to be associated with your union. As such, this letter is to inform you of my immediate resignation from SAG-AFTRA. You have done nothing for me. Regards, President Donald Trump. <laughs> I love how he signed it, President Donald J. Trump, too. Fantastic. Go fuck yourself, Hollywood. Now, speaking of President Trump and letters, ouch, terrible segue, Congressman and blithering communist idiot Jamie Raskin has written President Trump a letter which I will read thusly. Dear President Trump, as you are aware, the United States House of Representatives has approved an article of impeachment against you for incitement of insurrection. The Senate trial for this article of impeachment will begin on Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. Two days ago, you filed an answer in which you denied many factual allegations set forth in the article of impeachment. You have thus attempted to put critical facts at issue, notwithstanding the clear and overwhelming evidence of your constitutional offense. In light of your disputing these factual allegations, I write to invite you to provide testimony under oath, either before or during the Senate impeachment trial, concerning your conduct on January 6, 2021. We would propose that you provide your testimony, of course including cross-examination, 
as early as Monday, February 8th, 2021, and not later than Thursday, February 11th, 2021. We would be pleased to arrange such testimony at a mutually convenient time and place. Presidents Gerald Ford and Bill Clinton both provided testimony while in office, and the Supreme Court held just last year that you were not immune from legal process while serving as president, so there is no doubt that you can testify in these proceedings. Indeed, whereas a sitting president might raise concerns about distraction from their official duties, that concern is obviously inapplicable here. We therefore anticipate your availability to testify. If you decline this invitation, we reserve any and all rights, including the right to establish at trial that your refusal to testify supports a strong adverse inference regarding your actions and inaction on January 6, 2021. I would request that you respond to this letter by no later than Friday, February 5th, 2021 at 5 p.m. I look forward to your response and to your testimony. Very truly yours, Jamie Raskin, lead impeachment manager. Now, this is just a comical farce. And I'm sure that you all understand why, just having listened to it. But the idea that his response attempted to put critical facts at issue, notwithstanding the clear and overwhelming evidence of your constitutional offense, is absolute nonsense. There is no fact or set of facts that can be brought out showing beyond a reasonable doubt or even the preponderance of evidence, to use the legal terms, that Donald Trump did anything to incite an insurrection. First of all, the event was not an insurrection in any way. John Sullivan and some Antifa rioters, probably with some Trump supporters as well, entered the Capitol. Did Trump supporters bash through the windows and hurt people? Doesn't really seem like it. The people who were inside the Capitol were actually having interactions with the police officers. One person who was a police officer, or at least dressed as a police officer, led the people who entered through the building. Did they destroy much of anything once inside? No. Did they attempt to take over the government? No. Did they attempt to install an illegitimate government? Also, no, that was the Democrats and the Republicans who failed to object to the certification of a fraudulent election. They placed an illegitimate government in power. They did that. For four plus years, five years almost, they've been working on a coup, working to overthrow the will of the American voter, just as they attempted in 2016 and attempted in 2020, though they were slightly more successful at it. The funny thing is that it actually doesn't even matter how successful at it they were. They were so unsuccessful at it that virtually everyone knows that they did this. And I say virtually everyone because I believe, and I could be wrong, but I think most people who deny this either have no idea what the evidence is and would then change their minds or already know that the election was stolen and simply don't care. And then they try to slough off the, the moral responsibility for their position onto the fact that the news says it didn't happen, that the politicians certified it, that the courts didn't override it, et cetera, et cetera. 
so that they don't have to say, yeah, okay, fine. I personally understand that the election was a total fraud or that there are problems. They won't even admit the doubt and they can't because then it's completely obvious that they are the ones actually carrying out a coup and trying to overthrow the will of the American voter and try to overthrow, trying to overthrow voting in general. And obviously they're trying to put Trump in a bind here. They've made this public. So now if he doesn't testify, it's going to look publicly like he's scared to testify. That's how they'll play it at least. Or they'll try to use it against him and say he's not here testifying because he knows he's guilty. Well, that's also total bullshit. The trial they're having is not even fucking real. The chief justice isn't going to be there. They can't eject him from anything. Or can they? And they're not going to be able to prevent him from running again if that's what he chooses to do. 45 Republican senators already voted and said that the impeachment itself is unconstitutional. There's nothing in the Constitution that prevents Donald Trump from saying march down peaceably and patriotically to the Capitol. You're allowed to do that. They have no case. The case is illegitimate. If there's any legitimacy to it, they might as well just admit that Donald Trump is still the president, for fuck's sake. And hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't professional and I should have gone back and recorded over that part, but I just got a notification that uh, Trump's attorneys have responded to communist Jamie Raskin. I mean, Congressman Jamie Raskin and Trump will not be testifying. Here is their, their letter. We are in receipt of your latest public relations stunt. As you certainly know, there is no such thing as a negative inference in this unconstitutional proceeding. Your letter only confirms what is known to everyone. You cannot prove your allegations against the 45th president of the United States, who is now a private citizen. The use of our Constitution to bring a purported impeachment proceeding is much too serious to try to play these games. Sincerely, the lawyers. Nice. So let's see how they try to spin that. This is so much better, actually, than this story even getting life. It will be hilarious to watch Jamie Raskin and Eric Swalwell try to pretend in the Senate as the uh, impeachment managers that Donald Trump is scared of the evidence of that day. There is no one in Trump land that is scared of the evidence of that day because we all actually know the evidence. Just like there's no one in Trump land who's scared of the evidence of voter fraud because we know that evidence too. Same thing with Black Lives Matter and the coronavirus. Hey, Media Reality Commission, Ministry of Truth. You guys are the ones living in an alternate universe. That's why you're trying to censor everyone. If you could win with the truth, 
you would use the truth. Now, I will be back tomorrow at some reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Mastin lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!